So what up, what up, man? Dude, I just can't wait for this friggin' series to start this Friday. Do you think it, um, is it what, post like 12.01 or something? Should we do like a midnight showing, like a Star Wars movie or something? Dude, I'll bring, I'll bring the popcorn and ice cream. It better post 12.01 because I'm going to be ready for it. Paint. I'm going to freaking be ready for it. I cannot wait. Oh, oh dude. Freaking, I don't even know what I'm looking forward to the most. Like, Dude, I just can't I get Redston Buckner out of my head. If you think you can, we can. If you think we will, we will. <laughs> I know, <laughs> This got me so, so, so jacked up, inspired. man. I, I cannot wait. I cannot wait. And there's so many angles to it. There's so much that I'm interested in in getting insight to, I mean, the locker room experience, like what is it, what is it actually like in a, in a, in a halftime setting? You know, what's everybody saying? Who are the leaders? Who's being vocal? I mean, it's just going to be fascinating from front to start. I cannot wait. I know. Yeah. And that locker room thing is going to be, I mean, that's crazy. Like who speaks up and is it like rah, rah, or is it like, chill how many games i i don't even actually know how many games we were trailing at halftime that's a great question i feel like it's less than last year uh or the previous year 2014 i think we had a lot more comebacks at that point and todd bowles you know that was like the famous thing that we loved about todd bowles is the halftime adjustments come back yeah you know Arians waving that four in the air, fourth quarter, baby. You know, <laughs> I feel, I feel like we, I feel like we didn't need quite as much of that in 2015. We actually had some leads, but uh, yeah, but there was definitely a few at least. Yep, I have to admit. I mean, when I heard it was coming out, I was, my first thought was like, I was just stoked. I was just like excited for it. But my other thought was, man. Man, this could have been epic if we hadn't made it all the way. Oh, my goodness. I'm, I mean, they I had mean, everything set up. It was like the year, you know, and we so many storylines, too. So slightly short. Oh. I mean, Peterson's comeback story. Uh, you know, you had Matthew's comeback story. Matthew's too. I mean, comeback kind of... story. I mean, Carson Palmer's comeback story. I mean, it was so many elements going on in that season. It's oh. God, it would have been so amazing to go to the Super Bowl. Oh. Yep. But this is our year, man. This is our year. This is going to be an amazing 2016 season. And as usual, we get no freaking respect. I had a stupid punk guy at my work email me a T-shirt of a Seahawk eating a Cardinal, eating a Ram, eating a eating a 49er. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> and it's like, dude, come on, man. Show some respect. Like, am I not mistaken? Are we not the NFC West champs? Like, I hate, I hate Seahawks fans so much. They don't even, they don't, they're not even acknowledging the fact that they weren't champs last year. And they're acting Somehow they as if nothing ever happened. Yeah. It's like, yeah. we didn't squeak by on a last minute field goal to freaking Minnesota. Okay, I mean, we had to actually go through Green Bay, which is much more difficult, and they didn't even get as far as us. And then acting all entitled like they're they're the ones to beat, it just is irritating. Yeah, I 
Seahawks fans are just, I don't know, something about them. They're kind of new or something. It's like, hey, man, you're too new to have a chip on your shoulder like that. You know what I mean? Right. It's like you're yeah. not like, you know, Green Bay or the Patriots or something where you can walk around like that. Can you Some bring? big swagger. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. I think we got their number. I mean, I think Bruce Arians, even in our losses, I've seen the game plan and I've been impressed. Like when we had um, uh, Drew Stanton in there one time, I, I mean, the, you could tell like we were not the better team because we didn't have our quarterback. I think we had other guys out too. But, but yeah. I remember, I remember when I love the game plan. He he knew what he wanted to do even when Stanton was in there. I mean, he had a plan. And you felt yeah. confident. I felt confident as a as a fan. Like, oh, I don't I, I don't feel very worried. And you know what it is to me? I'm glad you brought that up because to me it goes back to when they signed Stanton. Do you remember that? They they actually uh, or Arians actually said, This is our guy. This is yeah. our guy. Like we are confident we can go win with Stanton. And I had I have to I have to admit I I had I bought it I was I was like okay we're gonna go win with Stanton and then of course the whole way it unfolded with Carson Palmer made it all gravy but you know at one point Arians was ready to pull the trigger and run this team through Drew Stanton and it was amazing the continuity when he came in it 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 still felt like we were in control yeah so what's like the main thing you think you're going to learn from this besides like the relational, like, you know, personal stuff, like as a team, the Cardinals team, like who they are identity wise and how, how they went about what's the right. thing you're going to learn about it from this all or nothing thing. Well, I mean, I think my takeaway is is going to be different from yours. I'm interested how you'll, you'll answer that question. But um, for me, I, you know, one of my great regrets, is never getting the chance to play a high school yeah. football. I, I always wished I could have done that. Um, and I'm so interested about what that locker room type experience is like. You know, what is it like to experience that intense, team-driven, we have got to do this, we've got to figure out a way to make this happen. You know, how, how does that dynamic actually unfold you know how do the leaders emerge not just by what they say but how they try to influence each other you know what does that really look like you know i i i think there's a lot of people like me that never actually got to experience that at any level um and they want to know what it's like they love the nfl i love the nfl but to get this kind of a window in there is going to be uh, it's going to kind of give us a picture of what that's like that for many people, they've never had the chance to see it before. And I I cannot wait. I can't wait to see what that's like. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure a NFL locker room is not even anything close to a high school one. But I, it's my my biggest thing is they know they're a better team 
you know. That's right. maybe the one takeaway I could get is when you walk on the field. Like I've told people before, it's like I play basketball, and it's like, ah, oh, no big deal. You know, you just kind of skip onto the court, you know, have some fun. But when you step onto the field, it's like they're going to hit me. Right. <laughs> they're bigger. That dude's bigger, man. He's going to destroy me. Yeah. And the thing I feel the Cardinals, when Arians first got here, is I think that's important. He's like, I want these guys to know how good they are. And and I think he's got them there. You know, it's like the other team's like, oh, dang, those guys are good. You know what I mean? Right. It's like we might not be the better team. And you want the other team thinking that, you know? And uh, it can't be all rah-rah. That has to be like the reality. You have right. to get a team to buy in. You know? uh, so, so I feel like I'm excited to see how, in a more detailed way, Arians has got the team to buy in to the fact that, yeah, we're the team. We're the better team on the field, you know? Which everybody and, uh, seems to everybody seems to talk about that. Like, they always say, they, they've been calling it swagger, right? The team's got swagger. And when yeah. you see Arians walk around, man, you just can't. You can't deny that. The guy's got class. He's got the swag. <laughs> I mean, it's it's clear. But my question is, is swag good enough? I think of guys yeah. like Darnell Dockett, you know? I loved Dockett. He, Dockett had more than swagger. He had intimidation. Guys, I think, were genuinely scared of him. I'm just wondering, did we, do we have that? Do we have that's the intimidation, point, Ryan? Is is that's what Arians? It's the combo. But my point is like when you get to the NFL level, level, like in high school, you can have fake swagger and maybe it'll work. You know, you could trick people. There's no but tricking that's what I'm people saying. in NFL. But yeah, There's I know no fake I, swagger. We have swagger that. because we have we have it. Like Tyron Matthew. Yeah, you but know, like I, what I'm saying is I think. What I, what I think is swagger is different from intimidation, where somebody's actually scared of you. They're intimidated by you. It, it, it affects their play when they know you're on the other side of the field because they're like, this guy, just like what you're saying, this guy could crush me. This guy could destroy me. That's, I mean, swagger is just kind of like, I know these guys are winners. But, I mean, who, who on the Cardinals team has that intimidation factor? I'm just – I don't know if there's a guy on that. I'd, I'd love to see a guy like Rodney Gunter or Kim Dietschy. Kim Dietschy feels like he could maybe develop into the kind of guy that you line up across for him, from him and, he, and you're like, this, this, this dude could destroy me, you know? Right. I'm saying there's no – that's not in the NFL. Everyone is on par with each other. No, there's no. no that, that's fear, not true. intimidation. That's that is not, not possible true. Unless, yes, it is. Yes, it Darnell is Darnell Dockett intimidated people. People were no, afraid I mean, of there is a, there is a, there's a people couple of People talk about Aaron Donald. That's true. Aaron Donald from the, uh, the Rams. They're like, this guy could blow me up. Uh, whatever no, that guy – No, the guy from can. the Bills. The guy from the Bills, whatever his name is. Khalil, Khalil – is it Khalil Mack? A quarterback might feel footsteps if he gets hit a few times, you know. But that's that's just you know. So you're, you're saying on. so you're saying swagger is is more important than intimidation. That real intimidation doesn't exist in the NFL. I think it exists 
when like the kicker fumbles a punt and he has to run it, and then I think he's scared crapless. <laughs> well, kickers are like that doesn't count. Yeah, though. that it's doesn't like, count. That you're talking about like Kinichi in front of with the guy in front of him. Neither of those guys are scared. If wow. they are, if they're, if there's fear there, then it's it's over. I think Swagger is just, hey, I, I know I'm the better guy. I mean, confidence. It's just, yeah. I mean, and that's the NFL. I mean, there was legitimate fear in high school because there was just like legitimate, like, you know, that guy's just bigger and stronger than everybody else. You know, right? The world okay, is a bunch of kids, saying. and that guy's got a little beard. more level. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> it's just uh, that's that's not NFL. Everybody's a man. Everybody has gone their whole life being the, probably the best football player on their team. You know, if you make it to the NFL, you're the best, and you're not all of a sudden going to be, like, afraid, you know? So you, you feel like the, to... the, the the air of confidence, the swagger, the we know how good we are, that that's enough in terms of a culture of winning? I think it, it has more to do with with doubt. I really don't think it's fear. I think what swagger does is it just puts a little seed of doubt in the other team. And it happened to us in the NFC Championship game. We got behind. We're like, hey, these guys are good. And we started playing like desperate, like bad kind of desperate. You know what I mean? Right. Oh, crap. We might lose this game. And now they're they're playing tight, you know. They, it's just – and that's – and you've seen it. You see it in every sport. A game just gets away from a team. You know what I mean? It's like right. the other team can do no wrong, and we can't do no right. So that's what I mean by swagger. The other team didn't get afraid. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But right. they did get worried that they might not be the better team or they might lose this game, and now they're playing tight. You know, and now those nice easy throws are a little bit hard, too hard, and a little bit too high, or, you know, or whatever it is, you know. And instead of wrapping up, you go for you're like overcompensating. You try to blow a guy up, and you just miss him. You know what I mean? Right. Like, oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna make the play that turns this game around and knock this guy's helmet off. And, sure. and it's you know, and you you just gotta. And that's what the coaches always say. It's like they got out of position playing hero ball or whatever. I think that's what I mean by swagger and what Bruce Arians brings. Right. Is that like, hey, we're the better team, which means all you have to do is your job and we'll win the game. You know? Right. Carson, don't play hero ball. You know? But defense, just wrap, wrap up. But somewhere along the line, that that didn't help us in that final game. I'll tell you what I'm. I'll tell you what I'm also interested in with this show. It's interesting to me that at the premiere in Hollywood, red or green carpet, apparently event, whatever. Uh, what what did they show? What episode did they show? They showed Green Bay. That was yeah. the highlight. That was the pinnacle. You know, not the end of the season. Why? Because it was a colossal disappointment. 
if that game had been competitive, if that game had been a nail-biter like Green Bay, and even if we had lost, I would say that's probably the pinnacle of the series. But it's not because of the way we lost. It was embarrassing. It was embarrassing. And I'm interested to see how that episode goes. Because I want to know what the hell went wrong. Because something went very, very wrong. And, you know, I, I'm hearing I'm hearing Patrick Peterson and all these guys, they're basically all falling on their swords saying, you know, the, the, the best players, the captains didn't play. We didn't show up. It was just a whole bunch of us not showing up at once. And I just, it doesn't smell right. I, it's some, something went How wrong. How did a bunch of people not show up at all at once? At the end all at once for the most important. Game. Yeah, yeah, and, and and we were close at the half. And I personally, I you know, I, I'm willing to give him a bit of a pass, but I'm worried about Detcher. And I felt like like Carson Palmer got a little tight and tried to play uh, play a little hero ball in that game, but. It was the defense that really got away from us. Oh, my goodness, that interception right after we got the ball back. Well, wasn't it the very next play? That was, the, it was brutal. such a dagger yeah. in the heart. That was that was horrible. It's hard to think about. I was like, turn it off. Oh, I think oh. I turned the TV off. At that oh, my point. gosh. That was really oh, hard to watch. Anyway. But, but it felt I like our, our halftime, um, you know, our halftime, what do you call it, um, Adjustments, corrections, adjustments were different than it was with Bowles. Like, do you think Betcher's up for the up for the job? You know what I mean? <laughs> Is he? I have to agree. I mean, did you read any of what Lamar Woodley's been saying? Yeah. You know, it, the the party line. Like, if you listen to the pundits talk about those things everybody seems to be basically writing him off and saying oh that's not what I hear or that's not what that's not true you know and at first I was kind of buying it but I have to say it it all it feels a little bit like circling the wagons you know yeah defend better and when you see that it kind of begs the question well are we basically just agreeing collectively that as a team we're going to just take one on the chin for Betcher and give him one more year? Because it feels like, actually, maybe he overstated it, but maybe Lamar Woodley's right. Maybe this game was Betcher's fault. Uh, Ryan, do we win a Super Bowl if Todd Bowles was still with us? Oh, my goodness. I think the answer is yes. Oh, that is a oh, that's a brutal, that's a brutal question. And maybe not even the Super Bowl, but like, do we win that game? Do we win that game? Yeah. Mm. And if we get to the Super Bowl, we ain't losing the Super Bowl. Oh my God, it's hard to imagine us losing the Super Bowl. Yeah. Oh my goodness, I I think. I think we do. I think we win that game if Todd Bowles is, is defensive coordinator. I mean, he did a great job with the Jets. I mean, it was a 
brutal season for them too, especially how it ended. But he's obviously a great coach. You know what I mean? Yeah. He deserved the job he's got. But if he was still with us, man, I think our halftime adjustments would have been freaking epic. I think he would have figured out a way to get to Cam Newton and wipe that smile off his face. I I just feel like Todd Boyd would have been freaking smile smile off his face. Yeah. I don't know, man. That's all. No, I think you got a great point. I mean, if you if you think about Todd Bowles in that situation at halftime, looking Patrick Peterson, Clay Campbell in the eyes, these guys that are not getting it done. Because hey, I'll grant you, players got to make plays. You know, so yeah. true. But man, I just feel like yeah, Bowles, Bowles would have got it done. Bowles would have done what needed to get done to to win that game. Which I don't. I mean, here's a here's a here's really tough theory. question. Then hold on, I got a I got a tough one. All right. if, if we feel like Betcher was the problem, isn't that kind of in the moment? You know what to do. You don't shirk from the moment. You seize it and you go for it, and you instinctively know how to react. Can that be taught? Can you grow into that? And you only get one more chance. Yeah. You're like, you only get one chance a year at that. Like, are we going to go all the way through 2016, go all the way through the playoffs and get right back to that moment and he poops his big boy pants again? Like, how many times can we, can we give Betch to grow up? Well, first of all, it's all conjecture. I think we're on to something. But I think it's, I think it's legit. through it. I think it's legit, but we're talking about last year right now, and last year was last year. You know what I mean? That's how else do you learn? Well, I think so. I think the, I think this year is the last year for Betcher. If we well, see yeah. something even close to what we saw last year in terms of a a meltdown from him, I just you got to pull the plug. And this this brings up another thing that I am very yeah, but you have concerned to have someone about. who's better, Ryan. You can't just pull the plug. You have to have someone actually, who's better. No, actually, actually, sometimes you it's better just to pull the plug. Because uh, no. you, you, if you perpetuate a problem where everybody in that locker room knows what the problem is and you allow it to continue, believe me, I've seen workplace environments where they're like that. And, and there are times when getting rid of somebody is better than having no one and just stick an interim in there. That's why people make, that's why some teams make the change mid season because it's, you're getting nowhere with your head coach. It's better to have a, a half coach in there. And, and let, let me finish this. Cause this is, I think a major topic. If Bruce Arians has a weak weakness, I think his weakness is his love and commitment to his coaching staff. You look at the way that he moves on from players, is brutal with his players, uh, cuts players, agrees with time when it's too too late for them or they're past their prime. He's great about that. What coach that Bruce Arians has hired has he also fired? I know he fired some coaches when he first got on board, but those weren't his. You know, those weren't the guys that he hired. Who has he fired from his coaching staff? Nobody that I'm aware of. And I'm worried, I'm worried that this is one case where his loyalty 
could actually be his weakness. And I don't want to see us clinging on to James Betcher if if the guy is never going to hack it. Is Bruce Arians capable of making that decision? You're talking to a stream, man. What we have to do is we have to see progress. And Betcher had lots of progress throughout the season. You remember the first game when he was like master of panic on the sideline? <laughs> he was like yelling and I forget what coach. It must have been Buckner or somebody. It was like, hey, calm down. Okay, yeah, yeah. Calm down. Right. <laughs> yeah. And all the players were like, uh, what's he freaking out about? You know? And uh, so, you know, there's progress. I mean, I think they went after um, what's-his-face from Pittsburgh, remember? He went to the Titans to get fired along with Wizen Hunt. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, and uh, we tried. You know, there has to be something better. He's a system guy. He's got a good system. I think he just has to have a better game time adjustment. Like, he's got to... He's got to be five minutes ahead instead of, you know, two seconds well, behind. I, I would fundamentally that, disagree. You can that learn you that, right? To... You can learn that. I'm not saying he will, but I'm saying he can't. But that's not even my question. Todd that's, Bowles. That's we can't not... keep firing people because they're not Todd Bowles. We, those guys just aren't, don't just come around all the time, but, you know? But sometimes you know it's not working. And you, you, yeah, but you we don't fire the guy in front of you and throw the young guy in there just to see what happens. At least trying something is better than doing nothing. And I'm not saying it's at that point either. I hope the pitcher, I hope the pitcher grows up and that, you know, he, he, he figures this out too. My question is simply this. Do you think that Arians has too much of a soft spot for his coaches that he'd be able to pull the trigger on that if he knew this isn't working. And, I, and, and I'm, I see the players circling the wagons and defending Betcher and taking it on themselves and falling on their swords. And is it because, at least to some extent, they all are a little afraid, hey, we can't, we can't bring this up because this is the one thing that, that Arians will not consider. He's not going to get rid of his coaches. He's too loyal. He's too loyal to his coaches. He won't get... Is it a potential weakness? That's all I'm saying. I mean, I hope it's not an issue either, but do you see what I'm saying? I'm a little worried that that, that could be Arian's Achilles heel. Well, I agree with you with this, if this is what you mean. Betcher should be under the microscope next year, this coming year. Yes. This I agree. And if, if so, he's under the microscope and under close examination good. he is disease-ridden, is... Is Betcher going to put him in quarantine and leave him alone on an island to die? Because that's what <laughs> he needs to do. Sometimes you need to do that. Sometimes you need to put somebody on an island who's sick and, you know, see if they make a raft and come back. And then if he comes back on a raft, then you know. Then you have to just take him out. Right. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I took that analogy too far, but you get what I'm saying. Gotcha. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm with you. I think uh, Arizona sports media is really nice, very very nice to uh, the Cardinals, you know. And I think that's good in some ways. I think it it's better 
things can go sour too soon. You get rid of people too soon when the media is so harsh sometimes. Right. But in this area, I feel like the media is just kind of a little too nice. You know, they they just take... I'm, oh, and here's evidence of it, right? All or nothing at all, or whatever it is. All or nothing, right? Right. What about Nobody it? knew a thing about it. You know the media knew about it. Right. Yeah. And they didn't say anything. Mums, so yeah, they, they went they to the media and the said, line. hey, we want to keep... We want to keep this a secret, so don't say anything. And the media said, yes, sir. Mm. And yes, ladies and gentlemen, I include Ron Wolfley in that. Yep. Wolfley kept quiet. Mm. So, good point. And I'm not he's like a, completely... He's a party man. Yeah. So, I mean, at some point, we need the dirt. We need, we need to shine a light on Betcher. We need to know exactly... Where our weaknesses is are. So, yeah. I think the media needs to like step up and be a little bit more ballsy. Yeah, and I, I think it's it's been mentioned at least a couple times, but you know, even uh, even Golden Boy Steve's kind, you know, he's uh, he's muffed on several top picks. No. Yes. Yes, he has. No, Troy that's Nicholas. bull crap. Number oh, two. Come on, man. Give me a break. See, the, Jonathan the draft Cooper. Is never a good way. A, the Jonathan Cooper. If you can't yeah. hold your, if you it's can't make a good go pick at number, there no the Patriots. Oh, he is not going to blow it up at the Patriots. He is not going to do anything. He he's not going to do anything. The guy is a finance major, bookworm, can't hack it, O-lineman. And he is not. Tom Brady is going to cut off a lock of his hair and give it to Jonathan Cooper. <laughs> and to get magical powers, and he's going to be awesome. <laughs> he is not, man. He is not going to. Ain't no golden lock's going to save that boy. He's going to. His career is over. And this is what I'm saying. You're homering a little bit, too. Steve Kine no, has you're, made no, several. No, this is what Steve, homers do. It's right? a fact. Do. It's a fact. No, he has no, made well, several point first is, and second right. round blunders. That's not open for debate. No. That's straight but up. My point is every team does that. The draft is you always have busts. And then the one guy that just struck gold. I know everybody has like, busts. Oh, they didn't bust. Busting That's my the point. fourth, fifth, sixth He's round. That's great. fine. But what no, about Ryan. first round picks? He's got a first-round pick that's not even on a roster anymore, and another first-round pick that hasn't even right played now. yet in DJ Humphrey. We have someone else's second-round bust on our team right now, DJ Swearinger. So everything he's a bust. pit player on, as a safety. That's not that. No, he was a second-rounder, Ryan. But dude, my point is not that it happens to other teams. It's the frequency of which it's happening to us. First You're of talking all, about what may be a bust. But the way we use... He's already a bust to some degree. I mean, he's been ineffective for his entire time here. He's already been a a disappointment. Maybe he can salvage and, like, be okay, but it's already bad. I don't think so, man. I I think Kime's draft has been good. I think he's done his due diligence on the players. I mean, if you look at Jonathan Cooper, I mean, the athleticism... 
He's got a good head on his shoulders. It's a little bit baffling. And, and part of it is he just let the injury get into his head and, and he just started overthinking stuff. I mean, that's, that's really, that's impossible to know. Okay. You look at Jonathan Cooper and Bruce Haynes, obviously, I mean, time obviously did his homework. Okay. Cooper was Look, high on a lot of teams' lists. Actually, no. I I was actually, not seeing yeah. him. Actually, no. I was not seeing Cooper. Like, no one was mentioning Cooper going that high. I, I don't remember any. I remember that. Everyone was talking about uh, Chance Warmack, I think, the other guard and a few other people. Like, nobody was talking Jonathan Cooper at that level. Dude. So I'm just saying, I'm just saying, I was, I, the whole reason I brought this up was the point of, you know, we, I think there needs to be somebody who's pointing out the obvious and talking about the, some real challenges that we could be having. And just like we're saying Arians could have a weakness, I think Kaim has a tendency to not take the obvious choice in the higher rounds. It seems like he's consistently reaching. Sometimes it works out amazing, a la Dayon, Dayon Buchanan. I mean, that, and nobody had him going that high. Most people thought that was a reach. Turned out amazing. But sometimes that worked Gold, out great. Golden. Golden's doing great. Golden was considered a reach, too, in the second round. Yeah, so I'm, I'm saying it. Sometimes it worked out great, but sometimes it, it seems to be flopping. And no, I think you would want, like, if one out of ten first-round draft picks flopped, okay, that's a, that's a decent clip. But right now he's, he's like, 50-50. That, that's not going to cut it for your first-round draft picks. Like, who, we need to hit at a higher rate than that. I don't know, man. You probably have to go look at, at the odds on what first-round draft picks do. I well, yeah, a, you know, I'll have I mean, to look that up, like, but I I think it's higher than I think it's like in the seventy five eighty percentile. It's average, yeah, but, I so, mean, and the good teams is probably even higher. He just started too. I mean, this is his fourth year, right? Uh, yes, I think so. Yeah, so I think you know, I I think he, I think it's clear if you look beyond just like player bust that he knows what he's doing, that he researches well. He's not making emotional decisions. You know what I mean? He's making calculated decisions. And True. Yeah. I I like the way he drafts. And yeah. he's going to get some busts. Yeah. Big deal. Like, you have to, like, 10 years from now, I think you'll look back on times, and look where our team's at. Like, we're winning. He's finding players. He's getting players that we need. You know, he was instrumental in hiring Bruce Arians. So I think you're doing it. I think he's you're, a good. You're defending. A you're defending. GM. We need to. We need to start poking holes. I'm being honest. And I uh, actually, I gotta run. So next time we need to figure out what is Steve Kahn's weakness. He has none. Don't say that. It's not true. We're the media now, Ryan. We have to defend. We have to defend them. <laughs> All right. I'm hanging up. Peace out. Later.